the Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. I have to lay low for a while, so I'll be staying here inside. It's too dangerous out in the world. I'll see you on the other side. In my quarantine In my little place too high My heart is aching and I'm missing you I'll see you on the other side I'll see you on the other side I'll see you on the other side We're all in for a bumpy ride Summer Pro 
Gretchen Wetmer. Might surprise you to be hearing from me, some smoke show Midwestern governor nobody heard about till a couple weeks ago. But governors are kind of having a moment right now. And while other govs get cool nicknames like Daddy Cuomo and Gavin Choke Me King Newsom, Trump refers to me as that woman from Michigan. But I'm not offended because I am proud to be from Michigan. And that woman is also what Trump calls his wife. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm. And yeah, yeah, I'm nursing all the bats. Because even though most frickin' governors are laying down restrictions because of the virus, mine are somehow too far. Now, you may have heard about the protesters that gathered in the streets of our capital for Ted Nugent cosplay last week. Look, people, it's live free or die, not live free and die. And Trump advisor Stephen Moore is comparing these protesters to Rosa Parks. Yeah, if Rosa Parks was fighting for her right to get hit by a bus. Sorry, that's a little bats talking. But I support all Americans and Michiganders' freedom of speech. So if you got to protest, here are some tips on how to do it safely. Number one, stay home. I promise you can call me a bitch from the safety of your couch. It's called Twitter. So if you must head outside, maintain proper social distancing. That means six feet apart at all times. So if the tip of your AK-47 can touch the tip of your buddy's AK, back up. And please, wear face masks, but not a joker mask. And not a clown mask and absolutely no masks that come with the hood. Now, like you, I have heard the rumors that I'm on the short list to be Joe Biden's vice president, the VP's Veep. Because if it's going to be a woman, it might as well be that woman. But my sole priority is my home state because we're not out of the woods. We never will be. We live in Michigan. And to anyone that stands in the way of the health and safety of my constituents, I'll remind you, the Michigan is a mitten, right? And this, this is where I live. Oh, dang it, they're throwing dog crap at my door. Knock it off! I'll throw it back! I did it last time, too! You know I will! Hey, on behalf Demo of Detroit, beats on the check. Hey, we want to present these buffs to our governor, hey. Big Grinch! Throw the buffs on her face, because that's Big Grinch. We ain't even about the stress. We got Big Grits. You can find her in the press. Under Big Grits. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Grits. Throw the buffs on her face. Cause that's Big Grits. We ain't even about the stress. We got Big Grits. At all. You can find her in the press. Under Big Grits. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Grits. Come on. Big Grits and this bitch playing no roles. Excuse all the cussing. That's just how I get my flow on. If you want to leave the state, you can stay gone. But right now, Big Grits said stay home. All that protesting was irrelevant. Big Grits ain't trying to hear y'all or the president. How we gonna take orders from a non-resident? Talking about it safe, but he ain't coming with the evidence. Big Grits got him shook now. When it's all over, you invited to the cookout. When it's all over, you deserve to get took out. Big Grits with the buffs on on the lookout. Uh, and she doing it 
it for Michigan, so when she hit the stand, everybody should be listening. She on that pair of buffs with the ice in them glistening. On behalf of the whole Detroit mission, throw the buffs on her face, cause that's Big Gretch. We ain't even about to stress, we got Big Gretch at all. You can find her in the press, under Big Gretch. Fresh in a new dress, yeah, that's Big Gretch. Throw the buffs on her face, cause that's Big Gretch. We ain't even about to stress, we got Big Gretch at all. You can Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is from the Institute for Policy Studies, and they've been looking at the impact of COVID-19 on income inequality. And uh, so we're going to talk about that with Sarah Anderson, who joins me by phone. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Um Let's talk about this a little bit because there are a few things, and I've talked about this, I think, with other people from IPS, but um, there are some uh, people that are doing especially well during the pandemic while others are really suffering, Um, and some are real obvious. Like, we know Jeff Bezos is rocking with people staying Mm -hmm. home and ordering things online. Amazon is doing very, very well during the pandemic. And there are a couple of other, you know, businesses that were just well poised to, um, to continue, um, thriving throughout what has been a real challenge for some people. But, but what are you finding are the, are the, Mm -hmm. the places where, things are excelling and in things where you know places where things are not doing so well mm-hmm. well one thing we've been tracking are the u.s billionaires so there's about 644 people in this country who are worth more than a billion dollars and since the pandemic began they have actually seen their fortunes expand um, as you mentioned everybody knows about Jeff Bezos but really as a whole uh, these US billionaires have seen their fortunes in- increase by about 931 billion dollars or by nearly one-third and it is just so outrageous to see this at a time when so many millions of families are suffering but these are people who are poised to take advantage of volatility in the financial markets. They've got money in, in hedge funds that can do the complicated trading to take advantage of that kind of volatility. Others um, are reaping windfalls from the pandemic, pharmaceutical companies, the, the online sales um, folks and all. And so we're seeing this just extreme. We've always We've had extreme inequality in this country for a while, but under the pandemic, I think it's just become even more dramatic with the billionaire class really taking off, seeing their fortunes expand, while we've got, you know, 25 million people on unemployment and, um, you know, more than 200,000 people dying from the disease. So really struggling with both the medical and the economic problems um, uh, for for the you know vast majority of of the country are you know tied some way to the economic and health um, downside of this crisis, while the people at the top are doing very well. You know, when we talk about Jeff Bezos, he's actually um, in a position to be doing better because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, with these others, the the six hundred and forty four in total. Um, 
were they poised to make money regardless of what happened? And does it seem exaggerated because so many people have been negatively affected by COVID-19? Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are some people who are, like, directly profiting from increased online sales. All all the Walton families are all in here among uh, top billionaires who've seen substantial increases in their wealth. Walmart also does a lot of online sales like Amazon. There's pharmaceutical companies who've gotten contracts to uh, come up with vaccines or to be producing um, medical equipment related to the pandemic. So it's it's really clear the connections there. But I think more broadly, when you have wealth at that level, you have an army of uh, people at your disposal who are helping you um, avoid taxes and make investments that ordinary investors don't have um, the the capacity to do. We've had a lot of volatility in the stock market, and it's the the super, um, you know, sophisticated hedge funds that have the computers programmed to take advantage of small maneuver. small changes in the market to, to profit, whether the market is going up or down. And so um, in times of volatility, people who can afford to have those kind of high-flying trading um, strategies on Wall Street uh, tend to make a killing, whether uh, the overall economy is doing well or not. And, and that kind of reinforces something I've always been told, that money attracts money. Um, mm-hmm. But in a, in a situation like this, it's hard to, for me to fathom and hard for me to understand. I've asked other people this question, and I'm not sure that I've ever been 100% satisfied with the, the explanation. But um, how, how do these, these billionaires continue to attract money when money is so tight for so many? It's, it's mm-hmm. not like we're all on a big spending spree, and so the people who own the most, get more. Yeah. Well, it's really pointing out the disconnect between the real economy that most of us are operating in and the Wall Street economy. The stock market overall has been doing pretty good. And for people who can take advantage of of the ups and downs uh, in it, um, it, it's been doing even better. But that has nothing to do with the fact that Consumer demand has plummeted in our country with 25 um, million people on unemployment, um, with so many people not even having enough food um, for their families. Um, and so, you know, what, what I am hopeful can come out of this horrible crisis, there's no real sil- silver lining, but I am hoping that we can really have a tough um, conversation in this country about what we value in this country um, I think it's opened our eyes to the contributions of so many people really on the front lines of this crisis who are doing the, the hard work to keep things going in our health care system, our education system, child care, um, food uh, servers that um, are so undervalued compared to people who have vast wealth and really make most of their money by by uh, through their investments and not really through um, the, the, the really day-to-day hard work that so many others are doing. More with Sarah Anderson from the Institute for Policy Studies about inequality and COVID-19. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Briggs. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write us at TomSumnerProgram.com. Call us at at 810-339-8255 or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner program where to go. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob Hope back once again to tell you it's better to have Pepsi than flowing over your teeth now than to have water running under your bridge later. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through it. The Tom Sumner 
Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with Sarah Anderson from the Institute for Policy Studies about inequality and COVID-19 straight ahead. You know, you, you talked about how money attracts money, and on the opposite end, it can be really expensive to be poor. You know, if you um, are having trouble making your rent payment or your mortgage payment, you might have to turn to a really high interest rate loan, like a payday loan or something, um, to, to pay that, uh, whereas really wealthy people can get loans at, at preferential rates. Um, so I think that out of this, if we want a real recovery in this country that really uh, doesn't just get us back to where we were before 2020, but puts us in a position where we won't be as vulnerable to future crises, we really need to try to tackle these extreme inequalities. I, I know I've, I've, I've used this example before, um, but in Michigan, you're required by law to have auto insurance. And if you don't, you get fined. And I always thought it, it just seemed, you know, overly punitive because someone can't afford car insurance mm-hmm. to then fine them. Yeah. You know, they didn't have the money to pay the bill, so you charge them more money. And it just seemed, you know, sort of counterproductive. And, um, and, and I think when we talk about... Um, you know, the economy booming. It's like there's two economies. Even before COVID, mm-hmm. Sarah, I would hear the president talk about how great the economy was doing, and I couldn't help thinking every single time, not in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I know the numbers in Michigan show that uh, investment in the auto sector, which has been such a core um, part of the economy there, was actually down substantially um, on, during the Trump administration. Um, even before the the pandemic, um, compared to previous years, so um, yeah, you you really need to look at how the every everyday people are doing, and not at indicators like um, how's the stock market doing, what's GDP, you know, what's the overall economic uh, picture, because. When you boil it down to how uh, low-income and, and middle-class people are doing, it's often very different um, unless you separate out how the, the people at the top who have really reaped most of the gains of our economy over the past couple decades. Yeah, when you mention GDP, I, I, I still wonder, and I talk to an economist on a regular basis about this, and um, he seems to think the two are not connected, but... I, I, I just kept, I, I can't help wondering why GTP, GDP continues to grow when there are so many people out of work. How can we possibly right. be producing more? Right. It's because a disproportionate share of those economic gains is being funneled to the top end. I've been uh, analyzing executive pay, CEO pay, for many, many years, for example, and we've just seen this explosion of the size of the paychecks going to the CEOs of big uh, U.S. companies, while wages for ordinary workers have stagnated generally for, for the past couple decades. Now, we, we know that these CEOs today are not any more, you know, brilliant or, um, you know, high performing than they were back in the 70s, but the value of their paychecks is up about a thousand percent or something ridiculous like that. And so, 
you know, people sometimes come back to me and say, well, who cares how much they're making at, at the top? I think with this crisis, it's more clear than it ever has been that when you have business models that are really uh, focused on funneling money to the top end of the corporate ladder and to wealthy shareholders while keeping people the you know, who are adding a lot of value to these companies, but they're lower on the corporate ladder, keeping them on the financial edge, that we're so vulnerable to these kinds of crises. You know, even before the pandemic, the Federal Reserve said that 40% of Americans could not afford a $400 emergency, you know, if their car broke down or if they had an unexpected medical bill. And so when a crisis like COVID hits and so many people are already on that financial edge, you're just so much more vulnerable. And I just think we, we really have to figure out how to avoid ever being in that position again. Um, Sarah, did you play a role in putting together the uh, the, the inequality and in COVID-19 charts? Yes, yes, I did. Um, it, it, in those charts, it, it shows um, a, a documentation of how the pandemic and failed policy responses are exacerbating class, race, and gender. We've talked about class, but what about race and gender? How do how do those things uh, factor into um, what's happening uh, in terms of income disparity? Yeah, so people of color and women have been particularly vulnerable to both uh, the you know public health and the economic costs of this crisis. I think one of the most dramatic figures we have in there is looking at uh, death rates for people who do get COVID and how for uh, black people, um, you know, it, this is the, the rate of COVID-19 deaths per 100,000 people. And among black people, it's about 62 per 100,000. And that's uh, way more than double the rate for whites, which is 26.2. And, you know, that has a a lot of complicated underlying factors, but, um, you know, the kind of systemic racism and access to healthcare and all really um, contributes to that. Um, for women, one thing that really jumped out at me is how a lot of the frontline um, jobs are held overwhelmingly by women, jobs where you're um, going to you know, have increased e- exposure to uh, the, the risk of COVID. Like um, 76% um, of healthcare jobs are held by women, 78% of social work jobs, and 73% of jobs in government services or community-based services. And so it's, and I think another way that women have really been um, disproportionately affected is that they're usually relied on to be the caregivers and families. And so um, we've seen a big drop in the um, percentage of women in the workforce because as family members get sick, um, they tend to be the ones who have to quit their jobs to stay home and take care of people. Um, so, you know, the, the big picture, like we started out with, is under the pandemic, it's, you know, billionaires are doing better and um, most of the rest of us are, are struggling. But with, within that inequality, it's, it's people of color and women who have been uh, especially hard hit. Now, when um, the uh, Institute for Policy Studies, and, 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 and let, me, let me just backtrack a little bit. Sarah, what, what do you do 
with mm-hmm. uh, the Institute for Policy Studies? My parents keep asking me that question. (laughs) (laughs) So we are a a multi-issue research and education place in D.C., and I do a real um, mix of um, research, writing, and even some organizing work around uh, economic issues, all all related to inequality. I kind of think everything is related to inequality, though. One thing I I do is I co-edit our website, inequality.org, and for anyone interested in getting more facts and figures about um, inequality and especially how uh, COVID has intersected with that or ideas for solutions to inequality, that's a really good resource, inequality.org. Well, I didn't mean to bring up any any sore spots between you and your parents. I, <laughs> no, it's I, just it's not the typical job. <laughs> I, I know I was a, a full time musician for many years, and people kept asking me when I was going to get a real job. Um, <laughs> right. But uh, but in the process of of putting together charts like these um, that we're talking about the inequality and in, in COVID nineteen charts. Um, who is it that you're preparing these for? Who do you hope will see these? Mm-hmm. That is a really good question because, of course, every anybody can go to our website and get them. But we are hoping to both influence policymakers who are making life or death decisions every day in this country right now, but we also know that we can't just rely on policymakers to do the right thing without a lot of pressure from the public. And so we're hoping that people look at these facts and figures and and print them out to take to a meeting um, at their church or um, wherever it might be useful to have these kinds of educational materials because we really want to... Uh, arm people and motivate them to to take action because I we've looked a lot at what happened during the Great Depression under FDR. I think I I grew up thinking FDR was just a good guy and so he just you know very much on his own uh, put in place a lot of policies that we still benefit from today like Social Security and and so forth. But he, it, it wasn't like that. It took a lot of pressure um, on FDR to do things to really ha- help the majority of people in the country and I think it's going to always be that way so we we also work directly with a lot of uh, activist organizations who are raising um, issues around these various um, a- angles on inequality and we think whoever's in power it's going to take pressure to um, change this country so that we don't um, wind up in the really vulnerable very unequitable position we are in right now when the Institute uh, for Policy Studies um, publishes reports and, and charts like the ones uh, that, that we're referring to, um, do you make recommendations for, for policy? Mm-hmm. Well, if people go on our website, they can go to the facts section, and right there it's just the facts. And, you know, it's all from, you know, government or other very, um, you know, just very neutral, nonpartisan, um, non-ideological sources. Um, but other parts of our website, absolutely, we are, are pushing things that we think would do a lot to narrow these gaps. We have a lot of proposals we'd like to see around fair taxation. We think that the 
2017 tax reform uh, primarily benefited the wealthy and large corporations. We have a lot of ideas about how we think we could change that to ensure that um, the people who have the most ability to pay, um, people, you know, the, the wealthiest uh, people in our society, um, how they could, how we could ensure that they're paying their fair share. Um, we we also have ideas about how how to deal with Wall Street. It's become so powerful in our society, so that you know the economy is sort of serving Wall Street instead of the other way around. You know that wasn't the original intent intent of our financial system. Um, that the original intent was for it to serve um, the real economy and be you know lending to Main Street businesses and so forth. And instead, we've become so much beholden to. Um, the power of Wall Street. So, yeah, we're very involved in solutions, and we're always looking for innovative ideas that bubble up from from places like Flint and, and elsewhere. Um, I think that's where the real innovation um, tends to happen is at the state and local levels. And then, you know, much later, us folks in D.C. catch up to um, the folks who are more, you know, in tune with their local communities. I, I remember a time when successful business leaders in a community and and they were all based in a particular community the 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 headquarters or the home office would be in a particular town and there would be officers from the the company that would participate in community activities sit on boards and Mm -hmm. um, help coordinate local parades and you know really contributed to the quality of life uh, grant funding, educational programs for public schools and other things. And there was this sense that, you know, if I do well, everybody does well. That doesn't seem to be the case anymore. And I wonder when I see some of the reports that come out of uh, the Institute for Policy Studies, um, if they're just falling on deaf ears, if it's like trying to put toothpaste back in the tube. Yeah, things have definitely changed. You know, when the CEO of General Motors famously stated, I think it was in the 1950s, that what's good for General Motors is good for America and and vice versa, there was a lot more truth to it back then because um, the company was more rooted in um, the the U.S. economy and um, they were paying more tax. Companies were paying more taxes than wealthier people were paying more um, taxes than since then um, so many of those top executives are so removed um, you know I've been writing a bit recently about the situation with uh, meatpacking workers who have been so hard hit by COVID it's just really been hard to control in those plants and the owners of a lot of those biggest companies are on the other side of the globe you know and so trying to hold them accountable they're not required to report the same information in the U.S. It's just, it's really hard to figure out what your levers of power are. And I think a big part of this, you know, the next phase of the U.S. economy has to be about how to, um, how to make sure that companies uh, that are operating in communities are really um, contributing, that the local people are actually benefiting, and that they have more say in how things are are being handled. And, you know, these are policy decisions. We could put more more controls on on uh, companies that are investing here. 
uh, than we do now. And I, I do think it is just so um, important to have those those local ties. We wrote a beautiful story about a an Iowa businessman. I'm forgetting um, his company now, but he talked about how he would host every year a huge, um, you know, picnic fishing thing for the whole uh, community and how he wanted to have a house that looked that fit in with the rest of the neighborhood. And he never wanted his children to be treated any differently than the other people in that community. And it's just a very different attitude than a lot of the big company CEOs today who live in fortresses. Um, you know, I read the details of their their economic reports where they detail how much the company pays for security, um, personal security for the CEOs. They really live in another sphere. And I just don't think that's a healthy way to run an economy. Well, to borrow from Charles Dickens, that sounds like the the difference between Fezziwick and uh, and then later Scrooge and Marley. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we have a, a lot of uh, modern day uh, Scrooges. I have to say, um, you know, some of them will kind of burnish their reputations with a bit of charity here and there, but. Um, the level of our country's resources that is flowing into the pockets of people at the top who are really, um, you know, just dismissing the contributions of people um, who are who are are you know working at, on the front lines of their businesses. And I just hope the the coronavirus, if nothing else, will help open people's eyes to the you know what is really an essential worker. It's not just the guy in the corner office. It's those people who've been getting up and going to work every day, taking risks um, to make sure that our economy keeps running. And we got to find a way to value those people more equitably if we want to avoid um, this kind of disaster again. And this um, really gets uh, to the question, there are people like Fezziwig, um, and and what comes to mind immediately, who I know IPS has done some work with, and that's the Patriotic Millionaires. Yeah, that that's a group of people who are part of the the top tier in terms of having personal wealth, who have said in so many words, "Tax me more." I don't want to live in a world Absolutely. where people are going hungry and can't read and so on. Yep. And, and and the question is, why aren't their peers coming around more readily? They've been at this for a while now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating. I have spent a, a, a bunch of time around some of the leaders of patriotic millionaires, you know, people like Morris Pearl, who was a a top-level executive on Wall Street, and he'll, he has a great line, something like, I am as greedy as the next person. I am greedy um, to have my daughter go to a, a high-quality public school and to live in a community that's cohesive and where people care about each other and, you know, these kinds of things. Um, and um, someone else we, we had the great honor of interacting a bunch with is uh, Bill Gates, father who died recently, but did a lot of great work to uh, push for uh, stronger estate taxes and other ways to reduce inequality. And I'll never forget him saying um, that it's a total myth uh, about the the self-made man. And he said, my son is not a self-made man. (laughs) You know, talking about Bill Gates, that, that really says 
something. And he pointed out how anybody who's made the kind of fortune that Bill Gates has, has benefited from the contributions of everybody else in the society. Our taxes have paid for the roads, the schools, the you know, uh, all of the, the education and, and other infrastructure that's required to um, to come up with uh, the kinds of efficient um, companies uh, like Microsoft uh, with skilled workforces and, you know, efficient transportation and, and all of that. And so um, there are some very inspiring business leaders who are part of that. They're doing a, a, a roadshow series of events right now, if anyone wants to check it, check it out. Um, on Patriotic Millionaires uh, website, but but there's just not enough, and uh, I I can't say you know since I'm not one of them why more wealthy people don't have that broader uh, view. Um, but I I think there's a lot of peer pressure. They go to the same clubs with others in their um, you know at their level, and when people sort of break rank like that and become traitors to their class, that was, that was another term applied to FDR a lot, um, it takes a lot of courage. Um, and it's sort of, you know, it's shaking up these really bedrock notions. The notion of the self-made man is pretty, pretty you know, deeply embedded in, in U.S. Uh, culture. And to question that, uh, it does take a lot of courage. Well, Sarah, before we uh, before we run out of time, and we're getting close to the end of our time, um, I always want to give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about. And I think the Institute for, Pol- uh, for Policy Studies website would be a good place to start. There, and then we also have inequality.org, which is run ah. by, by IPS, and, and there's a weekly newsletter uh, that's free that you can subscribe to on the homepage of inequality.org. So I really encourage people to do that. And there's also, you know, information there on um, how you can contact us. We we love to hear ideas from people around the country and, and stories about, you know, what's going on in your community to challenge this inequality that, that we think is just holding all of us back. Well, I've uh, Morris Pearl has been on the show before, and uh um, one of your colleagues, Chuck Collins, has been mm-hmm. on the show several times, as well as some other people from IPS. But uh, best of uh, best of luck. Keep up the good work, Sarah, and thanks for spending this time with me. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. All Bye-bye. Right. Take care. That was Sarah Anderson from the Institute for Policy Studies talking about inequality and COVID-19. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight up. <laughs> Hey, on behalf Be of the on the check. Hey, we want to present these buffs to our governor. Hey, Big Grits. Hey. Throw the buffs on her face. Because that's Big Grits. We ain't even about the stress. We got Big Grits. Woo. You can find her in the press. Under Big Grits. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Grits. Throw the buffs on her face. Because that's Big Grits. We ain't even about the stress. We got Big Grits. At all. You can
can find her in the press. Under Big Gretchen. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Gretchen. Come on. Big Gretchen, this bitch playing no roles. At Excuse all. all the cussing, that's just how I get my flow on. For real. If you want to leave the state, you can stay gone. But right now, Big Gretchen said stay home. All that protesting was irrelevant. irrelevant. Big Gretchen ain't trying to hear y'all or the president. How we gonna take orders from a non-resident? Talk about it safe, but he ain't coming with the evidence. Big Gretchen got him shook now. Hey! When this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now, and now, and now too, and even now. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. They say singing can help you remember things, so here's some tips for parents out there during these tough times. Number one. Make sure your kids wash their hands for 20 seconds after they've coughed or sneezed Achoo. or been outside. Two. Virtual play dates, social and physical distancing can help save lives. Three. Tell them they're safe and show your love and pride. Yes, we'll get through this together. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Tom Sumner Program is hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Briggs. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write us at TomSumnerProgram.com. Call us at at 810-339-8255 or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner program where to go. Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacle that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, 
table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. It's a major factor in dancing like a retard. May cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy. And it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone... I got a feeling something strange is about to happen. In the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'll be 
today's edition of the Tom Sumner program. Hard to believe that the uh, women we just heard were, uh, the two female vocalists that we just heard, were the same person. Kind of a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde thing. Um, <clears throat> tomorrow we have uh, our Halloween special. I want to say thanks to the guests uh, from today first. Um, I want to say thanks to uh, uh, David uh, Guster and Harvey, who were on early this morning, and then uh, the CEO of Community Mental Health Association of Michigan, Robert Sheehan. We had originally planned to have um, uh, Steve Alton on, but that didn't work out, so instead we had Sarah Anderson from uh, the Institute for Policy Studies. Good night, everybody. The Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening.